0: A very familiar uh, accusation against the Christian: closed-mindedness. Um, and often, uh, Christians find the need to defend themselves uh, against the accusation. Um, but the question is: Is it wrong to be closed-minded? Uh, that's the, the question. That's the, uh, what I kind of want to look at. Is it wrong to be closed-minded? Is there only one form of closed-mindedness? Um, is it possible that our accusers are totally open-minded themselves? That's what we'll be considering today um, as we muse. So, are you a closed-minded individual? I find it funny that uh, we so quickly want to say no. Anything that we're so quickly to do just to impress people, I have to question. Because generally speaking, we know people are against God. So, anytime I immediately want to say no because somebody on the outside is accusing me of something, I have to um, just take a minute and really think about it. Am I saying no because I don't want to seem a certain way to people Or do I really feel the answer is no? So who are we trying to impress? Who are we trying to compete with? Um, So first, um, to consider um, if this is an accusation we should be afraid of, whether it's true or not, let's look at the definition of the actual term, closed-mindedness. All right, so it means having or showing rigid opinions or narrow outlook Uh, by implication Uh, It's associated with words like stubborn, obstinate, pig-headed, you know, all these words that we deem undesirable. Um, However, even considering the definition, there's one part of this idea that we really need to consider. uh, Opinions, okay? Uh, Having or showing rigid opinions. I think that's a huge word as far as what when we look at is this really a bad thing or something we should separate ourselves from, that's a huge word right there, the opinion word. Um, And really, considering the term, that's the part that led me uh, to muse. Um, Yes, we know that being closed-minded can create challenges when you look at it from the point of view of these are opinions. But what happens when what you're dealing with is not an opinion at all? And therein lies the heart of our musing. Um, so before we go too deep into our views, let's consider what scripture ha- Scripture has to say about our minds um, and how our minds should be. Then we can look at some of the arguments as far as closed-mindedness uh, goes. So the first scripture I want to read is in James and the very first chapter. And um, let's just look at the... 8th verse, um, and let's start there as far as scriptures go, that even talk about our mind at all, and it speaks of the double-minded man who it says is unstable in all his ways. Uh, so this word double-minded, what it actually means is to be of two minds or two spirits, okay, um, vacillating in um, opinional purpose. That means bouncing back and forth, I'm not really sure about anything. Uh, We associate other words like hypocrite with it sometimes where I may say this thing, but I really do that thing. Well, that's because I'm of two minds. I'm of two spirits, uh, at least as far as something is concerned. Now, this is extremely important because many times when a person is accused of being closed minded, they're being accused of refusing to consider other people's thoughts. Uh, Here's the thing, however. When you're not dealing with the, the uh, opinions of men, of people, how much room is there for open-mindedness? That's something to really think about. I mean, it, it truly is. Um, if you believe your thoughts come from God, why then would you leave room for the thoughts of mere people? I mean, that that's an honest, honest question. If you really feel like your thoughts and why you believe what you believe. I mean, just consider the scripture. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 25, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now there is no foolishness of God. It's just a comparative. When con- considering the simplest part of God, the simplest creation of God, the simplest thought of God is still wiser than the best men can produce. What a humbling scripture right there. The, the, The weakest part of God is a million times more powerful than the strongest uh, strength of man. Okay, so in our wisdom, the best of men is a baby when compared to God in understanding and in wisdom. So already the thought process um, is put into question, you know, about when looking at me having an open mind or closed mind, if I'm talking about something that God said, why would I open my mind up to some other outside force, be they human or whatever, when I, if I really believe that this thought process that I have comes from God. So here we see, when we look at this scripture in James um. And we see it speak of the poison of double-mindedness in telling us that it creates instability. Um, The call is for single-mindedness, clearly. One purpose, one focus, one spirit in what we believe, what we do, what drives our lives. So considering that, why betray the purposes of God simply to consider some person's contrary idea to me it makes no sense okay now this is a very christian perspective but because again if you're fighting opinion versus opinion sure maybe i should be open-minded to what your opinion is but if i feel like i'm really dealing with god i mean honestly in god now okay however you see this if i really feel like i'm dealing with god um why then should I be open to your opinions or to the opinions um, of men? Uh, but another another scripture to consider, Philippians now and chapter two and verse five. Now again, we're we're tackling the mind in general. So the first scripture spoke about the double-minded thing and clearly how single-mindedness is the preferred way, that the saints ought to be. So this next scripture, Philippians chapter two, verse five, and it's one that I'm sure, you know, you've heard before, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Um, This is the focus of our single mind. Okay. So we're to counter that double mindedness. We want the mind to be in us. That was also in Christ Jesus, that same focus that he had. Um, Well, what was his focus? What was Christ's focus? So we see that, I say, I like the scripture um, that we see in Luke, um, chapter 2, when Jesus is just a child. He's in the temple, um, and his parents pretty much lost him. And this is what he said when they find him, because Mary, being a mother, um, an ordinary human mother, is a bit, uh, you know, She was upset by it. She lost Jesus. You know, this, this very important baby, as she was told, she loses him and she goes crazy, but he was just teaching. So in verse 49 of Luke chapter two, he says, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I love that scripture because it speaks about Christ and who Christ is and how we ought to be. What is the mind of Christ? I have to be about my father's business. Romans fifteen six speaks of how, uh, we should with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our fo- That's the single focus of the follower of Christ to glorify God, to be about the work of the father. The single mind of Christ was a mind of obedience. Um, now, if I'm being considered uh, close-minded because I am determined to do the will of the Father, should I apologize for that? Should I be um, ashamed of that? Right? I mean, that's just a question, something to consider. If that's what I'm being accused of being close-minded for, I should feel bad for that, that my what would seem closed mindedness in reality is my focused mind on doing the will of God. But let's continue. Let's look at another scripture. So we go then to first Corinthians and the first chapter. And again, these are all scriptures that speak to the mind of the saints. Um, And verse 10 says this. Now I plead with you, brethren by the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. I mean, how do you not take them seriously? Paul is saying, I beg you guys by Christ. Okay, so I'm invoking someone who is higher than all of us that we should agree on, our Lord Jesus Christ. Not a mistake that he uses this term at this point. So he says, by our Lord, the one you say is your Lord Jesus Christ, I plead with you, speak the same thing, all of you, um, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. It's amazing how, the entire body of Christ, the entire one body of Christ is being exhorted to share the same mind. Now, here's the, the thing, because this isn't I mean, this leaves no room for the separations. Why is this such a difficult thing? If we have one Lord, we all like to say one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Why in the world do we have so many minds? Um, if this is true, why is it so difficult to be? Of the same mind okay so so often it has to do with our double mind um, and again that's actually for another I could say so much more about that because um, I just think we've done such a disservice to the work of Christ having all these divisions and just being okay with it but um that's another music because I could talk about that forever uh, but to the point if we are closed-minded as the body of Christ we should all be closed-minded I mean it's crazy that christians could attack christians with this same thought process and it has so much to do with the double mind um and not having a single focus as far as what is my role in this life what is the um the the what should i stand for as far as this life is concerned um and another scripture romans chapter 12 verse 2 a lot of these are very popular scriptures Um, This one, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, as far as this subject goes, this very well could be one of the more important scriptures. Um, If we be in Christ, our mind is being renewed. Um, And, okay, how is that important? If God, by his spirit, is the one doing the renewing process I'm not even free to shape my own thoughts now consider how important that is as far as closed-mindedness goes if the spirit of God is shaping my thoughts and you see it as closed-minded so what I'm not even in control I mean yes I control what I think about but I'm submitting myself to one who knows perfectly the mind of God the spirit of God him knowing perfectly the mind of God and I'm following him, that absolutely takes over my thought process. That absolutely um, consumes my thought process if I am being transformed through this renewed mind. Now, one who does not accept the Spirit of God could never receive that because they don't view it that same way so i mean you can't argue that point with someone who doesn't accept the spirit of god it makes no sense but of the saints we should know this to be the case um i'm not free to shape my own thoughts because the spirit of god is the one renewing my mind um so therefore if i seem close-minded um it's in line with what god has planned for me and for my focus if i'm living in obedience, then. I mean, this is simply what God would have me think, or how He would have me think if I'm being obedient to His Spirit. Period. So it really shouldn't matter to me how I come off, if that's the case. Um, and a- another scripture. We'll, we'll do one more as far as his thought process goes, or the the scriptural arguments for it, in First Timothy, and um, chapter six. And this one, um is important because it almost actually exhorts us in a manner of speaking to be what some might consider close-minded. So in verse 20 of chapter six in first Timothy, we see this O Timothy guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called science or of what is falsely called knowledge. In this, you can see we're actually being exhorted. He tells them just to avoid it. Isn't that the accusation of closed-mindedness, that you refuse to hear the reason of someone else? So when I see here in Scripture, now now why would Paul say this? I mean, why would Paul encourage Timothy to ignore what he considered to be false scientific arguments or false false, um, arguments of those who claim to be knowledgeable it's simple when you consider what we're supposed to do he tells timothy this to maintain his focus on the three on the things of greater import the things that he was told to focus on now this is a huge argument um because if you do this you will 100 percent be considered close-minded but where's your faith right i mean you you'll, you'll you will be seen as a closed-minded individual if you take this advice that Paul gave Timothy. Stay away from profane and useless words and contradictions of what is fake knowledge, what is fake uh, science. You will be considered closed-minded because that's what people want. No, listen to what this person, listen to what that person has to say, but consider it from this point of view. If you say, no, I'm just gonna stick with what God said that's what closed-minded means. So back to, to the, the musing, should I be ashamed of that? If again, I'm doing this because I know, I believe that this these are the words of God. Should there be shame in my acceptance of the words of God when compared um, to some information that someone who claims to be wise is giving? Because that was Paul's warning to timothy um so but that's what the bible has to say about our minds um and so now that we have that let's let's consider these arguments a little more in depth all right so the arguments against closed-mindedness or when people are accusing us um the saints or you or whatever uh, of being closed-minded um we see what god has to say let's look at the the arguments so one critique of closed mindedness is that an individual who's closed minded, uh, what they simply want is for people to agree with them. Okay, now I'm just thinking of some, I'm probably won't cover every argument against closed mindedness, just the ones that I thought of. Um, But that is one, a closed minded person, they don't care about reasoning, they just simply want you to agree with them. Now to me, this isn't honestly an argument against closed mindedness. Because if I have the truth, the actual absolute truth, of course, I want you to agree. I mean, it's a senseless argument. If what I, the information I have, the, the information I'm uh, going off of, if I know or believe it to be true, absolutely, I want you to agree with me. Um. Yes, this can be an issue when you're dealing with opinion, absolutely. Absolutely, when all you have is opinion And you don't know this to be true. You can't back it up through scripture or spiritual reasoning or, you know, none of none of those things that we used or that we use um, to prove a premise uh, from a Christian perspective. If, If I don't have any of those things and I'm strictly dealing with opinion, absolutely, that can be a problem. But when someone believes they have the truth, Of course, and you don't even have to be a Christian for this, but of course they're going to want you to agree with them. That's what people debate for um, to a degree uh, is that I want you to see this truth. I want to convince you that this is true, whether for or against God. Yes, I want you to agree with me because I believe I'm right. Okay, and how much more when I believe that truth and agreement Um, or when I believe that my truth um, is actually from God. Yes, I want you to agree with me. That's why I say that's a bad argument when someone accuses the Christian of being closed-minded. Yeah, because I believe that this truth comes from God. So absolutely, I'm hesitant to, uh, or, or, or absolutely, I want you to agree with my argument or with my point because i believe that my point is from god so whether you like it or not isn't even the issue you need to agree with it for the sake of your relationship with god 100 absolutely so to me that first one isn't a, a good argument I'm um, against um but then there's the accusation that closed-minded people refuse um even to consider the ideas of others now The argument for me um, goes back to who I believe is giving me my information. Uh, But again, scripture is not silent on this. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and uh, looking at verses, let's say, 3 and 4, okay? And this is for the argument that closed minded people refuse to consider the ideas of others. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 3, but even if our gospel is uh, hidden, Is hidden to those who are perishing or those who are lost, whose minds the God of this age um, has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Now, consider this. If someone is outside of Christ um, who doesn't believe, according to this scripture, right? And as a Christian, I'm accepting scripture. According to this scripture, I believe that the God of this age has blinded their minds. So just consider inside or outside of Christ, if you believe someone's mind is blinded, why would you open your mind to that individual and to their ideas or ideals or whatever? Why would I open my mind to them if I believe that their mind has been blinded and especially when I believe it's been blinded by the devil? See, these just aren't real arguments from a Christian perspective. If you're just a person who has some opinion then yeah maybe you ought to consider somebody else's view or opinion but when you believe that your thoughts are from god consider this okay consider this thought process um how could i consider your ideas when scripturally i'm told that your mind has been blinded by the god of this age who is not god okay and there's a, there's a, another scripture akin to that one in Titus um, chapter one and around verse uh, it's 15. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. Now look at that thought process because it goes right back to this, this argument as a closed minded person, you won't even consider the ideas of others. But if scripture is telling me that to me, all things are pure, if I be pure, if I be in Christ and are being purified, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing, nothing is pure as even their minds and their consciences are defiled. How then do I forego the wisdom of God um, to consider the ideas of someone whose mind and conscience is defiled so that they can't even trust the little voice, you know, that says this is right or this is wrong. Because even that has been corrupted. It explains so much in society that the Christian may see, isn't this obviously the right thing to do? Where other people might say, no, I, I absolutely not. I mean, this, it, to me, this seems wrong or should be up for conversation. And I mean, Christian, if you're ever confused about how something seems so obvious to you, but somebody else is confused, you have to understand this is the reason. They have been defiled. Their mind as well as their conscience has been defiled. But just sticking with the, the, the musing, how do I consider that defiled person's ideas? Or, or how do I feel that that's a bad thing? How am I You know, ashamed that, yes, in this respect, I have closed my mind to you because I know that you speak from the point of being defiled. And because your conscience is also defiled, you probably don't even know that it's defiled. So when I realize that I'm dealing with people whose minds are like this corrupted, what's there to consider when someone is speaking against God, what is there to consider? okay so in some ways it's honestly an issue of faith um do you believe that these are the words of god um because the the, the carnal mind just wouldn't be able um to accept that so i mean this is really an issue of faith. I mean romans chapter 8 uh starting at verse 6 for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against god for it's not subject to the law of god and neither can it be. So, I mean, that's just the reality of it. How do I submit to a carnal mind knowing that the carnal mind is against God? And that's who I'm trying to impress with this thought process that, hey, I'm not closed minded. That's who I'm trying to impress. That's who I'm trying to defend myself against, um, that those who are in Christ. Hey, we're not closed minded. Why would I be trying to defend myself against someone who is carnally minded? Um, who I know based on that is against God. They can't be subject to the law of God because of their carnal mindedness. Okay. And I mean, this does lead to an interesting thought. Um, should we even consider the ideas, as it were, of other brothers? Okay. Because, okay, we're talking about those, you know, carnally minded. I'm um, generally speaking, those outside of the faith. But should we consider? The ideas of other brothers. So, my thoughts on that would be as far as life um, and doctrine, firstly, what is there to add to the Spirit of God? Uh, That would be the first thing. As I consider, should I consider the thoughts of brothers because they're in Christ? Should I consider what they might have to say um, contrary to Scripture? Why would I need to? How do you add to the Spirit of God? How do you say, Um, Yeah, the Bible is good and all, but, you know, I think that it should have said this at that point. or I think that can't be the case or I think that no longer is relevant or whatever you might have to say. How can I go against the spirit of God um, and, you know, say, okay, because you're a Christian. Yeah, I mean, that's a valuable point about, you know, life contrary to Scripture. How do I say that? Where, where did you get your wisdom from that you rank higher than the Spirit of God for me? How, how do you rank higher than the apostles who I know that Christ appointed? Sure, you may claim to be an apostle or whatever you might claim to be, but one thing we don't have to argue about is the apostles of Christ. We know that they were uh, because uh, Christ verified them. Who verified you? So knowing that the people who wrote scripture are verified by God, how do I go against their reasoning because you have something that you want to say against these things? Now, at the same time, there is room for considering the ideas of other brothers. Uh, so unless uh, uh, we know the brother to be uh, heretical or poorly taught or something along those those lines, um, because we ought to listen to one another because it is possible that we are wrong in an area. So that's one thing where I would say we, we should be open-minded to the brethren unless I know this brother is a heretic, unless I know this person doesn't stand for God, I should consider what he has to say. If he says, Hey, but according to this scripture or maybe this scripture means this and that I believe there's room for that conversation and that I believe there's room where we ought to consider the ideas of brothers unless we know outright that this person is poorly taught taught unless we know that this person, um, you know, is not honestly speaking for God or, you know, living um, in a way in accordance with God. I know that they're just about money. Um, so when they say consider this scripture that, you know, I feel tells us we should be rich. Absolutely. I can close my mind to that foolishness because I know what scripture has to say. Oh, well, there's so many other examples of just bad doctrine that clearly is just about pleasing the flesh that I should be able to close my mind to um, because the flesh would want it. And that's one reason why I would close my mind even to things like that. Your flesh would love to accept some of these false doctrines going around, uh, but when I know they're false doctrines based on scripture that I know, principles that I know to to be biblical, that's something I can close my mind to as well. But if it's actually a spiritual thing and someone is saying, hey, consider this thought process, I, I, I should do it. I believe that we absolutely should do it, okay? Because a brother should never lead us away from truth or into worldliness or fleshness, anything like that. Um, so with that, yeah, we, we, I mean, we should listen. We should be able to have those um, conversations, okay, with uh, with a brother. So, I mean, I would say that about that thought process. How do we deal with it with open-mindedness, in the face of our brothers um, in Christ. Um, so that, that that would be my thought process f- for that. But considering all these things, um, is open-mindedness truly something that we should be striving for? And also, is any single individual truly open-minded? Um, I would say I believe the latter question is easier to answer. Everybody has something that they close their minds to, whether, whether because they deem it evil, a lie, uh, they set themselves against it or whatever. Pretty much everybody, um, even those who would claim they're as open-minded as you can be, everybody has closed their mind to something. And again, is if it's because I believe it's wicked or evil or, um, you know, whatever, you know, there, there are things that people completely close their minds to. I won't even consider that this is right or wrong or whatever it might be. Everybody's like that. Nobody is 100% open-minded. If they are, they're insane. And that's just the truth. If anybody is I will absolutely consider anything, um, then something's wrong with that individual. I would say they're absolutely defiled. Um, You know, and that's the thing, because the main people who accuse Christians of being closed minded are usually themselves closed minded in regards to God. So often. I mean, now they may paint a picture of having studied and found it untrue, but honestly, they're just usually haters of God more times than not. Usually they've closed their mind to it because of, oh, this thing I was taught or this thing that I saw or I refuse to believe that God is this. I refuse to believe that God is that I don't accept this about God. Well, that's closed mindedness. Okay, so the, the very thing that they're accusing us of, they're guilty of to the hundredth degree, because a lot of times they're closing their minds toward God which is far more detrimental than someone closing their mind toward another human's opinion or thought process or something that they feel they understand. So the same ones who would say, Hey, Christian, you guys are closed minded are generally speaking, closed minded to the things that we might have to say to scripture, to God, to what we say of truth and life. I mean, you ever look at a a protest um, and so often, I mean, which to me, there's so much foolishness behind such things, but so often, You see both sides just as vehement and aggressive about their stance. Nobody's really, I mean, rarely is both sides just standing there peacefully talking and you give me your point, I give you my point. No, but both sides are usually just as unwilling to hear the other side. Okay, somebody makes a good point. Show what? I hate what you stand for. Therefore, I hate you or you're wrong because I've already decided that you're wrong. Okay, they could be the most conservative, liberal, whatever. I don't even care about that stuff. I'm just speaking in Christ as a saint, okay, as a pilgrim. That's how I'm talking. And from that perspective, I mean, yeah, both sides have a closed mind, okay? Some, maybe the one side is right to have a closed mind, but the other side who could be right, I mean, is just as closed-minded, and that's what you see. Um, So there are so many who accuse us who simply refuse to accept who God is, um, his person. Wouldn't that be closed-minded? Right? I mean, yes, that's closed-minded. That would be close. I don't accept that God would XYZ. Right? There are some people who are closed-minded to hell. I refuse to accept that a loving God XYZ. Well, that's closed-minded. It doesn't matter what you accept if this is who God is. I refuse to accept that uh, you know, God, I'm a good person, so he would reject me just because I didn't call on Christ, right? That's closed-minded. You you're refusing to consider the argument that we make. Well, hey, you're closed minded. And you, for you, you find it acceptable. Um, so th- there are things that appall people. I mean, just everybody to a degree is closed minded. That's why I say that's an easier question. Nobody's 100% open minded unless they're insane. Only a crazy person could be 100%. I will consider everything in the world. Okay. I, I mean, just whatever. I'm not even going to give silly examples because, I mean, come on. There are things that, that, Every human will say, I wouldn't even consider doing something like that. So nobody who I don't care what they claim, nobody's 100 percent open minded to just every and anything. Um, So and so with with that, I don't believe that open mindedness is something we ought to be striving for. Our mind should be open to the obedience of God through his word. Um, As far as this world goes, the open minded uh, individual usually finds themselves headed down a path of corruption. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, as simple as that. I mean, just consider, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Um, I think this is a good one in verse, verse 3. But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The example is perfect, which is why I wanted to uh, use this one. Eve was corrupted because of her open-mindedness. She was willing to consider what the serpent offered. She was willing to consider his words and his proposal. And because of that was corrupted. And so Paul is saying, that's what I'm afraid of for you guys, that your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity of Christ by considering these same deceptions by your open-mindedness. This is not something I should be striving for. I should be striving for obedience toward God, okay? Eve was betrayed by her open mind. So we can be betrayed by our open minds because you got to understand this is an issue or that would be an issue of flesh. I will open my mind and maybe my flesh is pleased by what I'm hearing. So, huh, that's a good, that's okay. I like that. I accept it. Nothing to do with God or truth that made me feel good, so I accept it. Well, is that how the Christian ought to live based on, oh, I like that. Oh, that's exciting. I mean, I hate that in church when, you know, somebody says something. Oh, that's so exciting. I like that. I'm going with it. Well, is it true first? Who cares how it made you feel? That's why emotionalism is such a dangerous thing. That's another musing. But emotionalism is such a dangerous thing because how do you know it has anything to do with God just because it made you feel a certain way? You liked it and it sat well. Well, maybe it set well with your carnal mind or with your flesh, as opposed to something actually spiritual. So, no, I don't believe we should strive for open-mindedness. That could be dangerous. We should be open toward God, toward the brethren, perhaps, to a degree. But just in general, why? Eve was betrayed. Just always remember that Eve was betrayed by her open mind. She was willing to consider the words of the serpent. So with that, what's the real accusation here? Um, because honestly, I believe that most people who accuse Christians of being closed minded are guilty of the same and to a far more detrimental degree, um, seeing as how they stand to lose their souls for it. So for me, it's usually an issue of follow me because I'm right. Okay. Change and be like me or you're closed minded. That, that to me is where the culture is headed. That's where society is going. You're closed minded because you don't agree with me. And it's funny because that's what closed minded people are accused of. And yet, more often than not, the people accusing them are the ones that are showing that level of closed-mindedness, which is why I'm like, should we really care that somebody considers us to be closed-minded? When in actuality, they're also, or they're the ones saying, hey, you need to change and be like me, otherwise you're a closed-minded individual. And somehow that's supposed to hurt my feelings to the point where I say, okay, 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 tell me what you feel, what you believe, sorry. How foolish is that for the Christian to care how the world classifies us, right? I mean, especially when we have things like Christ saying the world would hate us, why would I care that people on the outside who don't know, who have no reconciliation with God look at me and say, man, that guy is closed-minded. Why should I care about that at all? So the majority, um, or, or look at it like this, People are, the majority is saying, follow us or you're closed-minded. Unless, of course, you're part of the minority. In that case, you're saying, um, you know, you need to change like me and be like me or you're closed-minded. I mean, what, whatever the argument may be. The argument is set up to try to guilt us into altering our views against God. Stop falling for that foolishness. Stop falling for their tactics. Um, because, I mean, again, it has nothing to do with sincerity. It, it, it has to do with wanting to fit in. And we need to stop with that. We need to stop trying to fit in with those who reject God. We should be trying to get them to want to fit in with God, not with us, but with God. We should be trying to convince them to be accepted by God, not other people. How can we do that if here we are trying to say, oh, no, trust me, I'm not. I'm, I'm really an open-minded person. No, we should be saying, I don't care how it looks. This is the truth of God. That's what you see when you look at Scripture. It is not an apology. Um for how we're viewed in the world. Um, And honestly, I couldn't leave off with this musing without one more correlation. All the way back uh, at the beginning, we looked at the definition of closed-minded. And the other thing was, it spoke about uh, having a narrow outlook. So let's just consider something as far as this narrow outlook goes that I thought was kind of fitting. Matthew chapter seven, and uh, Jesus speaks. And he says, verse 13, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And a whole lot of people are going in that way Um, because he says in 14, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. What a scripture that is so ignored. People simply don't like it, I guess. I don't know. But um, huge words. And yet I do believe it relates to this. That way of the open mind is the broad way where all these thoughts and everything could go in and he says that is the way that leads to destruction and there'll be a whole lot of people who find that way why well that's just kind of basic um reasoning if there's a wide path and then there's a skinny path and it's also a difficult path generally speaking you're going to choose to go the way of the wide path i know this personally because i drive a a, a truck for a living and yeah if there's an open road guaranteed I'm not taking the back road. I'm going to take the open road because it's easier. Well, that makes sense from that point of view. Um, but as far as life goes, Jesus says, narrow is the gate you want to find. People don't like it as difficult. And that way they're going to choose the, the broad way, the big way, the wide way. And yes, yeah, so, I mean, I look at that and I, I see this argument you know, of the, the, the closed mind. Yes, it's a narrow mind, but I'm not apologizing for that because this narrow way, is the way whereby I find my entrance to the kingdom of God by saying I'm I'm only looking at it the way God wants me to look at it. I don't need to consider, well, m- there might be another way to God. I'm not considering that. Christ said I am the way. I'm not looking for another sneak way, another cheat way. Why would I indulge in that foolish thought process? If Christ said, look, I'm the way. I can reconcile you to God. No, I will not open my mind up to somebody else saying, hey, but what if this way works? Why? I have a sure way, a foolproof way through Christ. No, I will not open my mind to, but what if this, what if that? Look, from what I know that God has taught through his word, this is the way. I will not consider that other way. I won't do it. I won't give you the what if or anything like that. This is the guaranteed way. Let's do that. So to me, I felt, I feel like this is a perfect verse, the narrow way versus the broad way. There are a lot of ways not to get to God. There are a lot of ways not to be reconciled. There are a lot of ways not to enter the kingdom of God. There's one guaranteed way to do it. Follow this. Close minded? Sure, whatever. I'm trying to please God, not people. Okay, now with that, I have to end with this warning. I feel that's very important. We should still be good listeners, okay? Um, it's very necessary that we understand people. Uh, what are their issues, uh, confusions, concerns, misunderstandings and, and things like that? We should be good listeners. There are a lot of people who have been led away from God through corruption, through corrupt false Christians, through corrupt real Christians, um, through corrupt churches, um, through poor doctrine. So we should be slow to be defensive. Um, if somebody says, look, I was raised in church and blah, blah, blah. Empathize a little bit, you know, if possible, if necessary. Um, because it may get to a point where this person is just trying to disagree at which point you might need to just close yourselves off to them. So pray for discernment as far as that goes, but, um, we should always practice being good listeners because sometimes they might have a real concern that you can answer. So don't be defensive. Um, don't automatically get upset or mad or, well, I don't want to hear you. You're a devil, you know, just trying to look, no need to do that. Um, be a good listener, listen to their concerns, listen to their questions about God and be willing and pray that you might have the ability to answer. Um, so that's an important warning because I don't want to give the impression that, yeah, as soon as anybody says anything against, Hey, how, how do you believe that, that, that book? No, I'm not saying to just, okay, yeah, done talking to you. No reason with them. If you have the ability to through Christ, through scripture. Okay. Um, yeah, pray that you be able to do that. Um, if somebody speaks of their issues with whatever it may be, the cultural church, or just or whatever—I mean, whatever the issues might be—absolutely be able to listen. You can listen without necessarily opening your mind to foolishness. I'm listening so that I can see where this person is coming from, so that I can reason with them um, the ways of truth. So. That's a very important warning. Uh, Definitely be able to listen to people so that you can actually answer what the real issue is. I can't tell you how many times I've heard Christians speaking to people, you know, based on the book that they read about how to lead people to Christ. And so they're just exactly, it's just the wrong argument. The person not even saying that, but that's, hey, that's what I read. They said, first do this, then do that, then do that. And the person will fall in their leaves and say, what must I do to be safe? Well, I'll tell you what, it's exciting in the movie or, I mean, whatever, but it doesn't happen in real life. So the reality of it is, yes, in real life, a lot of times it takes conversation. A lot of times it takes understanding where this person is coming from and giving them the truth from there. So that doesn't mean you're open to foolishness or that you should even strive to be. But what it does mean is that I'm willing to hear what your issues are that I may, um, you know, try to guide you into the truth of God. Okay, but especially we should practice listening to the brethren um, as indeed God can use the brothers, our brothers and sisters in Christ um, to speak to us when we are being too stubborn. Uh, to heed his words. But in that, it should always line up with him. It should always go back to what he has for us in these lives. So it be, be wary of when this new thing simply pleases the flesh, be scared of that run away from that. But, um, yeah, but, but be willing to consider what the brethren have to say, especially when it's about spiritual, spiritual things, when it's about godliness, when it's about our role as ambassadors, Consider what the brethren have to say um, about those things that matter, those things that are important. But that's the music. That's the thought process of closed-mindedness. Stop running from these labels. Who cares what people think? If me standing on Christ and having that single focus, if that means I'm closed-minded, hey, go for it. I don't care. Call me what you want. This is about God, and this is about doing what pleases God. This is about doing things for um, Christ's sake, and that's where I focus always ought to be.